0: Man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Hello America. This is the Freedom's Disciple Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. This, of course, is the show exclusive to the Blaze where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principles. How are you doing today, America? I am so so excited. I cannot tell you how awesome just awesome it is to be back to be be front in front of this microphone and talking to each and every one of you again. I really did miss you. I missed you a lot. It's it's amazing if you've if you have ever worked in radio or ever done any public speaking you're not, you know you may understand what I'm about to say. Um if you haven't you'll think this is the weirdest statement ever but I really missed, missed this microphone been in front of me every week. I missed talking to you. I missed sharing ideas with you, and I missed engaging with you online. But it is so, so good to be back. We have a, I think I have a jam-packed show for you today. I think of a lot of things you will hopefully enjoy. If I if I do my job, you'll enjoy them anyway. I, I recently had the honor of being in America for three and a half weeks. I took a vacation and been around your people, been in your wonderful country for quite a, you know, three and a half weeks is a long time. I have a lot of stories and things I think you need to hear. Uh, I had a really interesting trip, enjoyable trip, and I want to share some stories with you um, that I came across that I think you may enjoy because I saw the real America and I think it's something that people don't ever focus on anymore. I also want to talk to you, I want to lay out a vision for you for this show, where I want to take this show, how this show is going to be different going forward, and I want to lay out the case of where I, where I want to go, and I want to hear your feedback on it. That'll be in the last segment of the show, maybe in about 30 minutes. But before we get there, I have a couple of things I want to talk to you about, and I think the best place to start is where sometimes the best place to start in life is. So I was always brought up in a certain way and I always got a great piece of advice um, about my radio career. And One was, always lead with your mistakes. If you have made a mistake or you haven't done things the right way or you feel you owe people an apology, you need to lead with that. You need to man up. So I want to start today's show by manning up and by by discussing a couple of things that I didn't do the right way. I I can make excuses all day long, and they're justifiable excuses, in my opinion, but they're still just excuses. So firstly, I want to apologize to, to Glenn, to Dom, to John, and to each and every one of you, most importantly, for the way this show ended. The way this show ended while justifiable if you're me wasn't right it wasn't fair but i want to explain my headspace to you for all my life most people have different dreams in your life you know and you know if you want to be stereotypical about you know dreams people have you know you grow up you have a dream job you find the dream girl or dream boy you have the dream wedding you have two three kids you've grandkids you know you retire um, you know you might have your dream house your dream car you know you the average person quote-unquote has you know some type of dream based around that some people might have extra like I want to make a million dollars I want to you know have a second home I want to have a beautiful wife whatever it is but you know it all bases around that well because I'm totally different my only dream was to move to America become an american and serve your wonderful nation help your wonderful nation be part of your wonderful nation that was my only earthly dream you know if if that meant been single my whole life okay which by the way i've done a damn good job of you know if there's awards for being single whew, i'm i'm right up there you know if they ever make been single an olympic sport wow just you can pencil me and put me to the bank bet on me because i'll be gold um but I always wanted to be an American. If that meant working in a Seven Eleven, okay, that's cool, that's awesome. I'll do it just to be an American. I obviously wanted more because I wanted to serve more. But it, that was my whole dream. It was just to give you the backstory on it. I don't know how much I've sh- you've heard of this, but it really. Do you ever, do you ever hear the old expression um, "a deer in the headlights" or they never saw it coming? Well, that's me. So, I obviously had the job, and it's, I've, I was outed on, on Pat's show. That it was actually Glenn that offered me the job. I, I'm more of a private person, so I didn't want to um, cause him or anybody else any you know, unnecessary attention, so I just said it was my dream job. If you, if you know me well enough, you knew it was Glenn. Um, but I was going to work for Glenn directly and do some things behind the scenes and do more things on the show and, and different situations. But I was so happy. So I'm moving to, if you know me, it was the trifecta of dreams. I'm moving to America. Yes. I'm moving to Texas. Wow. And I'm going to work with the blaze. So I've got opportunities to serve and to do more good in the community. So I was like the three criteria. I was stoked. Um, People are asking me, it was around CPAC. I was like, why are you so happy? I'm like, if I could tell you, I would. But it was like dream job. Dream state, dream country. I was so happy. And we literally are about to to get on the the phone with the lawyer. And, you know, the lawyer asks a load of questions. Can you send me your CV? Can you send me your educational experience? Can you send me your family? Just a load of stuff. Can you send me if you've got a criminal record? A load of questions. So you send them over all the information. And it's literally basically everything about you, what you had for breakfast for the last six months, just short of. So we send all that over. And... I was so excited this day because I, my mother was working and the phone call I think was about, in the, it was in the afternoon, my time and we're getting on the lawyer and she's gone through everything and she's going to, in my head and in the, the HR person's head, it's we're going to basically make a plan and we'll go through step by step with you. And by the end of this phone call, we can have her probably in my head, I was thinking by the end of this phone call, I'll have a realistic date of when I'll be in America. I even said it to my mother, I was like, when I see you this evening I'll be able to say, hey, this date is when I should be in America. Well, I'm so excited I got on the phone call thinking, hey, everything's happy, everything's hunky dory, everything's awesome. And I'm happy and I'm 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 happy and I'm clappy and I'm happy and my nappy to use the old expressions. So excited i hope you have those expressions over there because if you haven't they just don't make any sense but there used to be an old song if you're happy and you're not clap your hands sorry um but literally we get onto that phone call and i never saw it coming because i think that phone call is going to be a wonderful amazing phone call no we go through everything and basically, they tell me, "Yeah, you don't hit the educational or the work experience requirements to be for any of these visas." And then they go through each visa and like, "No, can't do that," and "Can't do that." One H one B visa, no. O visa, no. Cultural visa, no. Huh? I never saw it coming. So literally, I went from an amazing, amazing, probably life high that I'd never been that high before to your world just crashed down. And I stopped doing the show. I actually quit a lot of projects I was involved in behind the scenes. I used to work with a company called Lanterns Buzz as the head of Radium. I just left that. Um, I finished up my obligations and just left. I worked on other little projects behind the scenes, just stopped and said, look, I'm sorry. The reason I quit, and I didn't quit the blaze, um, I just went on a hiatus. But the reason I owe you an apology is... The reason I quit and went on hiatus from the blaze and left you so suddenly. I had major plans for this show. I had many shows in the the tube, as we call them. But for two reasons, I left. One, you all have your own problems. Um, Life is hard. You have your problems that you go through in your everyday life. The last thing in my head, in my head, that you need to hear is when you have all your problems is listening to a guy on on, in me who isn't happy who isn't isn't sharing happiness and is could just come across as maybe bitter and angry and that's not who i am i always try and see the positive side of life and i work really hard on this show even if i'm feeling like crap um that when i come behind this microphone even if i'm going through major issues in my life i always want the show to be uplifting I always want you to, to try and learn something or to inspire you to, to see things, you know, to learn about your history or to learn about part of history you didn't know about or, or to feel good about your country. That's my job. And I didn't feel I could do my job in the mindset I was in. So I just left. That's my justification for it. But I do owe an apology to, to the Blaze and to you for just quitting because life goes on. We all have responsibilities. But, thankfully, um, they understood. And they have been so kind and so amazing to me during this whole time. And they have given me this opportunity to relaunch this show, which I am forever thankful for. And I am so excited to be with you. But I did want to address it from the start. I do want to apologize the way I left, the way I went quiet. I honestly not physically, but metaphorically, lost my voice. I was numb. If you've ever gone through anything, you know, trauma in your life, you know what it's like. But what I felt as each day the pain got less or I got better dealing with it was, I asked myself some tough questions. And I had a real look at myself and what I did and the way I saw myself. And kind of gave myself a real good talking to. And because... It's time to grow up, in some ways, for me. And it's time to realize the place I hold in life. And this is where I want to take I always second apology to. The way I always saw myself was I was defined by what other people have said to me, especially about this show in the past. I, I want to be crystal clear. I would not change anything I did in the prior shows. I don't, I don't regret anything I said, I may regret you know, not saying it the right way, but the principles I spoke about, I still believe. But my mindset has changed and I want to share that with you right now. I always felt that I wasn't the person to deliver the message that I think I need to deliver. I always felt it was someone else's place. I always used to have this voice in my head that'd go, "Why, why is it the job of an Irish person to tell an American about their history?" I also, you know, ask myself questions in the past where, you know, people over here said it to me. You know, do you think I'd listen to an American talk to me about my Irish history? And those questions used to be always inside me. And what I felt was because I wanted to serve, because I wanted to help, I kind of, in music terms, let me, you know, this might make more sense. I was never going to be the singer, but I was always going to be like the cheerleader, cheering them on, going, they are right. What they say is right. What they say and get is right. And they're their biggest cheerleader. And that's why I always used to try and do work behind the scenes and and try and help other people. Because I never felt I was the voice. I always used to dismiss it going, no, they don't, need, they, don't need a, they don't need to listen to an Irish person. I'm just, if they listen to me, it's in chorus with someone else. My mindset has changed. I'm not thinking I'm a star. I'm not thinking I'm better than anyone else. But what I've come to understand, and this has really focused me, is I see America fundamentally different to a lot of people. A lot of people, including, you know, all the labels that you hear today, left and right, liberal and conservative, Democrat and Republican. I see America fundamentally very different to a lot of people. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. But I just see it different. My mindset is. I'm not going to focus on whether I'm the star, the supporting actress. If people don't want to listen to me because I'm Irish, fine. I have nothing against you. I totally get it. But my mindset can't be holding myself back before I even present the case. And that—that that is my second apology. If you're a long-term listener, I apologize. I, if, I, if anything, I did pell this show back. Or I didn't portray the message in a certain way. Or you felt I hadn't got the confidence. It wasn't that I didn't have the confidence. It was a case I didn't think it was my place. And I was always careful of that. And always mindful of that. I was always mindful of that rule. Know your role and know your place. That changes. Because I see America different. And sadly. And maybe if if you think I see America the wrong way. By the way this should be celebrated but I don't see many people seeing America the way I do. I don't see many people I can say, I'll be their supporting person, I'll be their biggest cheerleader. The amount of people who see America the way I do or similar close to the way I do, is in the vast, vast minority. I do believe it. And that's what I'm gonna work to change. So I'm gonna be more outspoken going forward. I am gonna be even more Um, principles, I'm going to break down stories, I'm going to work harder because I'm no longer working on projects this and a few other things I'm working on that are based around this show and are based on things I can do that's what I'm focusing on going forward so I wanted to lead with my mistakes, I wanted to they're not mistakes per se, they're just things I felt I owed an apology for so I owed those two apologies most importantly to each and every one of you if I let you down or I hurt you or more let you down by just ending the show I apologize but I hope you'll give me a second chance because I have a I have a new passion for your country it's funny been rejected by your country has made me love you even more it's it's funny the way it works that way and I am even more confident in the belief that your nation, as an idea, must win. Because the way I see the world, and we can get the, to this in the, in the upcoming shows, the way I see the world is tyranny is really on the march. It has been more brazen than ever. You know, socialism and communism are been whitewashed through media, through education, through your people. And we need to address that. And how one of the changes I made... Was literally when I when I went quiet. I asked myself one question. I uh, sorry, asked myself a load of questions, but it all came down to one question. Honestly, you have a decision in front of you, John. You have two choices. You can quit and just quit everything and go. Well, you tried, and again, that would have been justifiable in my head. You know what? America rejected me. You know, I can't get there, so why the hell should I work to help America? They rejected me. Their laws rejected me. Or you can go bigger than you've ever gone before. It's time to go big or go home. That was ultimately the question I decided. And because I know the role that I play now, I never had a right to be an American citizen. I didn't have any right taken away from me. When you get to become an American citizen, it is an honor and it is a privilege. And I believe, I'm one of those controversial people, but I believe if you get the honor of an American passport and an American citizenship, it's the luckiest day in your life. And you should be forever thankful to both America and to God. But I never had any right taken away from me. I didn't have some God-given right to say, Hey, I'm John, I love America, America must accept me, and hey, I'm an American now. But just because I never had a right does not mean I don't have responsibilities. Because I see America different, I hold a major responsibility in sharing that with with America and the world. That idea of individual liberty, that idea of the individual being sovereign and unique, that idea that you have certain rights, not from government but from God, that idea that you can achieve anything you can change the world in any way you see fit you can be a positive impact can you be a negative impact sure you can change the world though it's not about politicians it's not about politics it's about individuals and individuals coming together for a common goal and uniting around that goal to make America and the world a better place I believe in individual freedoms So, I made the decision to go big. And I started that a couple of months ago. I always had a a chunk of money. I don't have, if you know my family situation, I don't have much money. I don't earn much money each year. The Irish economy sucks. I haven't had a full time job in, wow, it's nearly six years. I've had contract work. But I always had a fund. I always used to call it the moving to America fund, because if I ever got a call, if, you know, if if I got a job tomorrow and I got a visa tomorrow, it's expensive. You know, a flight over there, um, you know, a hotel for a couple of nights to find an apartment to, you know, a first month's rent, deposits, you know, maybe a bit of, depending on where you move to, maybe a bit of furniture, maybe needing a bed. Getting a car, you know paying car insurance eating for the first couple of weeks or month Maybe till I got paid from the job. So I always had this fund of money. It was never a major amount of money, but it was a fund And I, because the dream is dead I went well, I don't need that money anymore. What do you do with it? Well, John decided John needed a vacation. John wanted to go on a vacation but because John is very dull and boring you know, most people go, hey, we're going on vacation. Wonderful. Where are you going? I'm going to Disney World. I'm going to Bush Gardens. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to, on a historical tour. You know, you do something fun. Or I'm just going to, I don't know, go to a different part of the country and do nothing and sightsee. Uh huh. John is very different. John's boring. John decided, I'm going to go to America for three and a half weeks and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to about, I think it was eight or nine different states, and give 16 different talks to different places. I had a wonderful time. I I learned a lot. I found it very interesting. And when we come back, I want to share some stories with you from that trip, because I think there are stories that you need to hear about your wonderful nation, about your wonderful people, because your nation is still, still amazing. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Freedom's Disciple on demand on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. By the way, um... Please don't mock my voice. If you if you saw some of my Facebook lives over the last couple of weeks, you know my voice has improved a lot, but it's still not 100%. Um, there was actually, if you go to my personal page, um, if you look up Jonathan Dunn, if you want to laugh, there was a video I did, uh, I think it was about a week ago, where I honestly sounded like Bill Clinton for like 12 minutes. It was funny, but it was like, please can I not sound like someone better than Bill Clinton? Um... The backstory on that is the trip I went. So I was in the last part of my trip was in Texas and a day in Oklahoma, and I don't think for the day the highest uh, you know the, during the day the lowest temperature I think was about ninety five degrees. It was beautiful. It was warm. It was gorgeous. And John comes back from like a week and a half in 95 degrees and and three and a half weeks and probably the coldest day was like 70 something. John comes back to 50 degree heat in Ireland. John is really, I'm really, really cold and I've had this dose and I just can't get rid of it. I'm a lot better than I was for a week. I felt like crap. I could not do anything. I couldn't think my brain just was like, just stay in bed. I'm up. I'm back working, but my voice hasn't recovered a hundred percent yet. So apologies for that. So my trip, I had a wonderful. It was a. It really was an honour to to be invited to to sixteen different uh, events to speak and to speak about the country I love and the principles that I believe in. And there were different groups. I spoke to some college groups. Um, groups on campus. I spoke to uh, some tea party groups. I spoke to some conservative groups. I spoke to a church, which was an amazing experience. Uh, I spoke in a wonderful church in Wilmington, Ohio. And it was an amazing, amazing day. Gave me hope for the future. I also spoke to business leaders in Dallas, which was... um, I'll start with that story. So... Do you ever ever get this feeling you don't belong? You don't belong in in somewhere just where you just you're the odd peg. So I'm speaking at this roundtable event in Dallas, and you know I probably on average over the last four years I've probably earned about ten thousand dollars a year, total each year. So I don't have money. I don't come from money. And money is always you know hard fought for where I come from and you see all these business leaders so I'm I'm first of all I'm freaking out what do you say to a business leader and you know why would a business leader listen to me I'm sorry that's always a question I always ask and I always try and make every time I talk or I do a show or I do an interview I always try and make it interesting try and get you to think so I go into this and it's a it's an early breakfast meeting early breakfast morning and uh, I'm like, I don't belong here. Just, they're really nice. Not, nothing about the people, but just, you know, I'm different. You know, I'm going in in a, in a jeans and, and, a sh- and a suit jacket, more relaxed, and they're all wearing nice suits. And you can just tell they come from, they're more, they, they're very successful people. And they're living and reaping the rewards of the American dream that they believe is the American dream. And they've had opportunities and they have money, and it's awesome to see. But I'm like, I don't belong here. And I'm like, what do I say? And then this gentleman comes up to me and he introduces me. And um, it's a breakfast meeting. So we're going into, um, before we start the meeting, we go to, like, there's a breakfast bar. And there's a big table, long spread of stuff, all beautiful breakfast. And there's two sides. And you, you can go along either side. And I'm talking to this lovely gentleman. And he's very welcoming. And he's, he's really nice. And he's, you know, asking me about me and where I come from and having a wonderful conversation and it's settled the nerves and all of a sudden this other man comes along the other side of the buffet and they start talking and i'm just continuing along getting a bit of food a bit of egg and a bit of fruit and a bit of bacon and a bit of yogurt and, and he goes hey by the way did you ever close that deal that you were talking about a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago yeah we did it didn't uh we didn't get as much as we wanted to but we got to you know i think we got a contract for about two million dollars and I'm like, you just dropped the million word. Like, it was just, like, it was so blasé. It was like, yeah, it's just two million. Yeah, yeah, you know. I, and I'm like, wow, how different, how how culturally different it is, just dropping the million word like that. Um, but we spoke in many different places. It was different people, young, old different religions different races different sexes Uh, it was totally totally different different experiences I only had one bad experience in the whole trip and that trip was um, down south in Bible Belt country where uh, we had a disagreement over gay marriage and it was an interesting experience nothing bad happened but it was... I Saying government doesn't belong in marriage in Bible Belt country is probably not the smartest move on my part. But we live and learn. But that was the only bad experience I had. And, and it wasn't even a bad experience. It was just... You know, when you, you could tell people were happy with me and they, didn't, they weren't happy with what I was saying. But your people, meeting all the different groups, they were amazing. But I heard some amazing stories. Um that i want to share with you one of the stories i got was actually on a on a day which i'd never been in america before was september 11th and i met up with some dear friends um which was amazing to meet up with but because i didn't know the landscape of places anytime i was meeting up with people it's just going you choose because i can't i don't i don't know what's good i don't know what's bad and so on september 11th i'm in pittsburgh in harrisburg Pennsylvania. And like that's literally like two and a half hours from where the Fort Plane went down. So it was a really somber day. It was a really just a really weird day to be in America. Really good story. But there's nice to see some people making a difference, not slamming people, but just lifting other people up. So my friends choose chose this wonderful place called Mission Barbecue. Um, because I love barbecue. If you look at me, it's obviously why. But what they do is all throughout the year um, they hero the people who serve. Military, police, firefighters and then they they help and give some of their profits to different causes that support those causes. Um, So like one of the things they do during the year um, is they give some of their profits off to to fund the, the REITs that go on the graves for all the vets which I thought was amazing. But on September 11th um, they raised raising money for a 9-11 fund. And they had things they obviously were going to donate some money, but they had uh, a cup and a hat to sell. And I was like, this is awesome. It's not about slamming people. It's not about saying you should. It's just, hey, we're here. If you want to help, if you want to donate, we're here to help and help you make that possible. And the food was unbelievably good. You know, most people... You know, most of my uh, friends down south would go, well, you can't get good barbecue probably, I don't know, maybe above the Mason-Dixie line. Maybe, the, I don't know what they'd say, but they there would be a certain point. If you said you had good barbecue in Pennsylvania, they'd go, that's not barbecue. It was really good. I've had barbecue in a lot of places. But they were amazing. And your countryside is so unbelievable. Um Your countryside, I drove a lot. Countryside is beautiful. It's amazing when you get to see, you know, up north, seeing, uh, you know, the different greens, and then you go down south and it's more sandy. Country is beautiful. But the stories I wanted to share with you was a couple of stories. One was, if you were following my Facebook page, you actually got to see this in real real time. But in the middle of the trip, it was like a week and a half before I was about to leave, I flew into Austin, and my, my plan was, um, I was going to fly into Austin, I was going to get a car in Austin, and I was going to drive to Fredericksburg to give an event, then I was going to drive to Houston to go get to another event and, and help out on the ground, then I was going to drive up to Dallas, and a week and a half later I would return the car in Dallas airport. Well, I won't bore you with the long details, but I arrive in Austin, and the car hire company that I was supposed to be with didn't have a car for me they screwed up the reservation and i was like so what am i supposed to do and they're like well you can try other places for cars and i'm like huh that's helpful of you so i'm in the airport and i go to every other reservation desk no cars no cars no cars no cars no cars and i'm like freaking out and i because i was traveling light as light as possible all i had was an ipad and I didn't have access to the internet per se on the airport because in the, the in Austin, the car rental company is separate to the airport. So I, I couldn't even connect to the airport Wi Fi. So I'm like, I can't even get online. So anyway, I left, I got a taxi to, to the hotel I'm staying in, connected to Wi Fi, And I actually took a picture of this and I did a search in Austin, not Austin airport, Austin for a car. There are no searches available for your criteria. I did for the, for the week and a half that I needed it. I did it for the weekend. I did it for a day. I was like, just get me to Fredericksburg because I need to be there tomorrow for an event. Nothing, nothing. So I put it out on, on Facebook to my friends. I was just like, I'm having this problem. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I am freaking out. I'm, gonna, I'm The last thing I want to do is let people down. Um, these events are planned a month in advance, maybe more. What, how, how am I getting to Frederick? Have Fredericksburg tomorrow? How am I getting to Dallas? What am I going to do? Where can I get a car? And the amount of people who just offered to help was just amazing. Uh, it was incredible. After a lot of, you know, different ideas been put forward, I was very blessed to, everyone just help me. You know, I always send the show, America is great because Americans are good. The way you helped this Irishman was incredible. It, 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 it's just a testament to how wonderful your nation is. And a friend of mine stepped up, uh, Caroline, who I want to thank. She, out of her day, dropped, picked me up in Austin and dropped me to the event in Fredericksburg and got me to the hotel. And it was it was amazing. That was like a big relief, relief off my head. Um, the folks in Houston... Um, I was supposed to talk to a college group of kids were really kind uh, i couldn't get to I couldn't find a way to get to Houston um, which was upsetting I really wanted to go down there but maybe it was a blessing in disguise um because I've never been around a hurricane there's you know you could get sick down there I might have just gotten away I might have caused other issues as much as I want to help sometimes you know if you don't know what you're doing stay out of the way but they were very kind. What they ended up doing was we ended up doing a Facebook Live. And they watched and then they asked questions. So I got to interact. And it was it was wonderful. But another friend of mine who I didn't know before this um, has become a good friend of mine. Joel um, picked me up in Fredericksburg and drove me to Dallas. And it was incredible. And just meeting and spending time with those two people just in a car, having a just general talk was wonderful and They helped me out in Dallas because the situation was different. There was plenty of cars in Dallas. Uh, Joel drops me to the airport, and I pick up a car, and it was wonderful. Um, So a major crisis, which I didn't have a clue how I was going to deal with, your people stepped up and helped me. It was amazing. But I also got to see another side of America because the whole trip when I was there, a lot of the news and, and the concern was obviously about the hurricanes. And I met this wonderful man um, who I won't, I can't share his details because he doesn't want any details been sharing. He doesn't even want um, his name out there. So I'm going through America, meeting many different people, talking about many different ideas, different principles. They're sharing their stories with me. I'm sharing their, my stories with them. And, you know, we're talking about Hurricane Harvey. And, you know, this person is near enough to the south that he can drive. And, uh, basically the, he felt so compelled to serve people. I, as I was talking to him and, and learning more about his story, this person had, at the time I was speaking to him, hadn't had electricity or power in his, sorry, excuse me, or power in his house for two weeks. He couldn't afford to pay the bill. So they cut him off. Yes. This person found it in their way to fill up drums of gasoline and get it down to Houston to help feed the generators. So the p- time when he could have just went, I need to look after me, and, and charity starts at home. Even at that point, this person was trying to help others. And that story is a story I'll never forget. That that selflessness, that that amazing culture, that needing to serve, and it, it was just seeing it. And and it wasn't per me or the the you, from talking to him the biggest thing I got was uh, he was actually sad. He didn't have more money to fill up more drums because I'd say if you gave him 50 bucks, he probably would have spent 50 bucks on gas. You know, if you'd said here, here's 50 bucks or here's a hundred bucks, pay your gas bill, get power in your house. I probably can guarantee you pretty safely. The guy would have took the hundred bucks and, and gone and got gas for someone else. He would have given it still. He wouldn't have looked after himself. Um, those are the types of stories I've met on time and time again on, on your on the ground you know different stories of people overcoming obstacles um i met so many vets um while i was over there some friends who are vets um some people who just come to the events and every time i meet a vet they're amazing people you know i've i met vets who you know were were quiet and upset, weren't were treated the right way. I met some vets who didn't have all um, their limbs. And the one thing that amazes me is they were given a contract. They sold, They signed a, a, a contract letter of employment, which is employment law, but they also signed a contract with America that said, if you go over to whatever place it is, you know where you serve in Iraq or Afghanistan or syria or or Niger or Germany or north South Korea wherever you serve if you serve in the Pacific if you're in the Navy that you go and risk your life and risk everything for America to serve America and when you come back it's not if it's when you come back, America will look after you if you get hurt in in the conflict or in in the in your service, we will look after you. Well, the truth is, America has never really treated its vets with respect from its family. And all these people have every reason to be angry, have every reason to be bitter, yet they're not. The amount of vets I met who, clearly, you know, with no no disrespect, weren't young, or weren't of... Um, the right body or mind, who all said, I want to do more. I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back to the battleground. is amazing to me. Even after being treated badly with the VA and all the other situations, even being in a part of a society that does not respect you, where it disrespects you on an open, openly basis, they still want to go back. And the other thing I always find, find amazing is And this is where, you know, we're going to get non-PC, is all the vets who, you know, we talk about, you know, we got to stand up for, you know, black people and minorities and women. I spoke to, the amount of black veterans I spoke to was amazing. And they still want to serve, even despite what's going on. It's amazing to me. I spoke to some female veterans, incredible. Yet they somehow when you when they people talk about you know racism and the war on women, they never seem to think of these people because they disrespect the military. The military is is wonderful. the country is wonderful. The other thing is I will say this is the culture is so different over there. it you know I've always understood the culture in some ways. But been over there for three and a half weeks. You know, I actually stayed because this cheap trip was on a budget. I stayed in a lot of Airbnbs. Your houses are so much bigger. You don't have walls. Um, your, your your property is so much bigger. It's so much more open. But also the amount of food that is over there is amazing. You know, you, you literally don't have to go very far to find a set of convenience stores. And the last story I want to share... Of just how different the culture is. I was down in Texas. And. I love barbecue. And again don't get on me. Because I know it's not real barbecue. But I love it. I love Dickies. If you're down in Texas. You know what Dickies is. Um, it's cheap. In barbecue sense. But it's also really really tasty. And um, there's this joint. There's, I've beaten in this Dickies a lot of times. On my trips to Texas. And. The people are so friendly. Everywhere but I went into the Dickies and the person remembered me from being there 18 months ago. Now I know I kind of stick out with my accent, the way I look, but it, the fact that they remembered me was amazing. And I got to talk to them over. They asked me what I was doing here. Cause I ate in there, I think three or four times in the course of the week. And yes, I love barbecue. I know it's not good for you, but I love it. Um, but on the last night, I was, it was the last Saturday, I was flying out Sunday morning and I went back to this place and the guy was there, really hardworking manager, just just doing everything he can to, to make a joint successful. And uh, I ordered my stuff and I wasn't as chatty because I was kind of upset about leaving the next morning. And uh, it was quieter and it was late at night on a Saturday night, they were about to close and he comes up to me and he goes, um, it's great to see you again. And I went, yeah, it was awesome. To f-. He's like, how was the food? And I was like, it was beautiful, as always. The Food here is always great. And he went, I really appreciate you saying that. So he said, uh, you're very quiet this evening. Is everything okay? And I went, ah, oh, I'm, I'm just tired. And, you know, I'm I'm going back to Ireland tomorrow. And he went, oh, no. So we just got talking to him. And just different things that you don't ever hear people say anymore. But as we had a conversation for a couple of minutes, um, as he, he got up and he he left and he said, "Well, listen, I just wanted to shake your hand and say it was an honour to serve you, um, and we h- look forward to seeing you again. And do me a favour, send me a Facebook message when you when you land, just to let me know you've arrived safely. This might not seem like a lot to you, but that openness, that amazing, you know, feeling of welcoming and 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 in just reaching out to people means a lot. It's the small things that matter in life." And that really meant a lot to me. So these are some stories that I wanted to share with you about your country, about your people. When I come back, I want to share one la- couple of last stories with you. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back.
0: Freedom's disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> People on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America.
1: So I do want to have want to share one last story with you before um, I share what the future vision of this show is going to be. So I will admit, about a week before my big trip, I had a bit of a freak out. Um, I had a freak out with a friend of mine, and the freak out was happened was as follows. I think if you've listened to me even today or. In history you know how much I love your nation and I've had a what 20 year love affair with your nation more nearly 25 years actually and I realized something about a week before my trip and that was the only view I have of America and um, real life real time is media and how people act on social media and I don't like the way your people act on either and i my freak out was i've just had my dreams crash down in front of me um my dream is dead what happens if i get to the nation i love and you're not the same that your people are not the same that your people act differently because again i have two biased sources i have one which is the media which I don't really read and I don't really trust and I don't really watch because they're the media. There's no explanation needed there. But also on social media where everyone is constantly either angry or trying to one-up each other or trying to prove a point or trying to win an argument. What happens if that has translated into your people on the ground? Well, I'm pleased to announce it hasn't. Your people are still so open, so warm, so loving. It's amazing. I've been there for three and a half weeks. And if you bear in mind, when I went over, I flew out on the 31st of August. So one of the concerns that I had was because my first stop was in North Carolina. One of the issues back then, if you remember, was I was actually giving a speech in uh, Duke University which is where the, the whole statue came down and the whole that issue. So racism and, and the KKK and all those issues are very prevalent. So I went right into, you know, a state had, that was clearly not happy with each other, with the KKK and Antifa. And obviously on the Labor Day weekend and everyone kind of went away. And thankfully those issues really haven't come back as bad as they were when I was over there. But your people are still amazing. You know, the I was expecting, or no, I wasn't expecting, but I had a fear that maybe, you know, especially in more northern states, that people wouldn't be as friendly, people um, wouldn't be as open or, you know, be more, you know, the lines of politics, you know, kind of like, you know, if you're going into a restaurant, they go, how did you vote in the last election? And, you, you know, depending on your answer would depend on how much service you got or how good of a service it was. Um... You hear all these stories on social media, but I didn't experience any of it i I didn't experience any racial tension. you know I'm this might shock you or this might be a, a announcement but I'm white. Uh, I was I spoke to many many black people, f- many Hispanic people was served by both of them was, was in you know in Walmart in in restaurants in convenience stores no issues didn't I have one issue I didn't have one person going well he's got white privilege nothing just friendly just you know warm f- f- open chatty even up in the north I was surprised um, the north was you know the north is never as friendly as the south the south has southern hospitality but even folks up in the north and um, were really kind had some very um, interesting stories, and I will share this story with you. Some people, you know, you might think liberal states don't get it and liberals don't get it, but I had a, I went into Chicago, and Chicago has a sugar tax. So I go into a restaurant, or not into a restaurant, into a convenience store, um, petrol station. It was like 2 a.m. in the morning. I just literally I landed in the airport. I was thirsty. And I go into this petrol station, uh, gas station. Sorry, pe- you don't have petrol. And uh, I'm literally just looking for a drink. And I have this big sign up: all size drinks ninety nine cent. So I've been because I know it's going to have to last me tonight and tomorrow morning because I'm giving a presentation in the morning. I get the biggest one I can. Sure, it's ninety nine cent. They're all the same price. Get the biggest one. Shh, fill it up. And I get to the till, and then I'm expecting like a you know a dollar five a dollar six you know sales tax and he rings me up and he goes that's a dollar 43 i think it was or a dollar 42 and i'm like it says 99 cents he goes oh yeah that's that's the you're forgetting the big tax and i went "Tax is like five six cents normally you go oh I'm not here in chicago and i'm like oh what's the tax oh it's a sugar tax it's an ounce uh, it's a cent for every ounce of the cup you get and i'm like huh he went, that's it, I get you. And I went, you wouldn't expect that story in, in, in Chicago. Um, people get it. People, you know, if you explain people the issues, um, it doesn't matter your politics or who you vote for, you know, they don't always agree with everything. But your people were so warm, so friendly. you um, seeing all the, the, the way people are helping. People are always curious about hurricanes when they were going on. People are always concerned. It was amazing. It, there wasn't any... Issues of, well, they voted different to us, you know. We're up here in the northern states. We're Democrats, and they're, you know, all those hurricanes happening down south, you know. They're more Republican areas. We don't care about them. None of that. No racial tension. um, No animosity. Just people wanting to be people. That's the great news. I'm so happy. Because I would have freaked out if if I found America had changed. And what would i have felt i would i it would not have been a good trip but here's where i will say i think we need to do some work on because while you haven't changed yet emotions and anger are not like a switch you can't be all the time going hey well i'm in the person i'm just going to be a nice person i'm going to act every way and i'm just going to talk to people the way they are but when i get on social media i'm just going to be i'm going to win an argument i'm going to prove a point i'm 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 you know some people are just downright nasty on social media. You can't, it's not like a switch. You can't just flip it on and off. If you don't start looking at how you act on social media, it is going to change. It will change how you act in your everyday life. It's, it's, it's inevitable. And I hope that day never comes. Because truly, as a nation, you're wonderful because of your people. Your people are amazing. I, I, I love you, and I'm so happy that you haven't changed. That you don't let the politics divide you. You don't let the hate divide you. Are there some bad people out there? Yes. Are there some bad folks you don't want to be associated with? Yeah. They're on all sides. I've met bad quote unquote Republicans. I have met bad conservatives that I would not associate with. I've met bad libertarians. I've met bad Democrats. I've also met bad white people. Bad black people. You see them. You know, a... You know, not all white people are good and good people. You know, the KKK are proof of that. Not all black people are good. The Black Panthers are proof of that. You know, it's not a case of, where well, one religion or one race or one sex or one gender or one politics. set of politics is good and the other is bad. It doesn't work that way. It's not a label problem. It is a heart problem. It is a mind problem. Some people are just evil and just bad people. It doesn't. It isn't exclusive to one set of club, to one gender, to one label. And I think if we can have truthful conversations with this, and kind of go, "Hey, you know what?" And I'm just going to speak for myself. I am never siding with the KKK ever. They could have the best tax policy, the best environmental policy, the best war policy, the best constitutional policy going. I'm not siding with you as a KKK member. I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do to make me go, hey, did you hear what the KKK said there on this? I don't care. Likewise, on the other side, there is nothing Antifa or the Black Panther Party can do that kind of go, hey, they're, that's okay. They're wrong on all these issues, but you know what? At least they, they respect states' rights. I don't care. I really don't. I don't care from either side the reason I've shared these stories with you today in case you're wondering why is he sharing so many of these stories? The reason is because I want you to I hope you listen to them and that you take them at heart and at face value because one of the things that frustrates me and it frustrated me as I watch some media over there is a lot of people are coming with an agenda to you. A lot of people want to tell you America sucks. A lot of people want to tell you, you suck. A lot of people want to tell you, you're not as good as you think you are. I want to be the counter to that, but on a factual basis. And when I come back after this last break and I'd ask you to stick with me, I want to lay out the case of where I want to take this show, what I want this show to stand for. And I would love your your input on that. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back, America.
0: Freedom of progressivism, liars by Glenn Beck on sale now at glenbeck.com/ liars. Freedom's disciple on demand on the
1: Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope today's show has given you something to think about, something to ponder about, or. If nothing else has made you kind of feel a bit better about your country, um, because you're still a wonderful, wonderful country. So what does this show plan to stand for going forward? Well, because of the whole thinking I did when I was away, I really want to focus on one, in my life, I want to focus on things I actually enjoy and removing everything I don't. Because of research, which I'll share with you next week, I want to share some thoughts with you next week, which I'd encourage you to tune in about how I see the world today and why it's so critical that we stand up for freedom. But the world today has one problem that America did that not many other nations do. Everyone is great at telling you what they're against, what they don't like. I want to be a different, I want to follow your founding fathers and actually really spend time in telling you what I'm for, not what I'm against. Because that's where I think there is a big deficit in society. And it has been for the longest time, it's not, this is not a a Trump thing, this is not an Obama thing or a Bush thing, this is historically about 5,000 years old. It's easy to tell what you don't like, it's a lot harder to say what you're for. So because of those two things, one, I don't enjoy politics. I'm also not very good at it. Um, Is politics important? Absolutely. Who you have as president is critical. Who you have in the House and the Senate is critical. Who you have in, in in the states is absolutely critical. Who you have as governors is critical. I am not dismissing any of that. But if you want politics and parties and teams... I'll be the first person to tell you don't listen to this show going forward because you're not going to like it. Or maybe that, not that you won't like it, but you won't find anything that you're looking for. I haven't, I'm haven't. i not good at politics, and I don't enjoy it. I, I struggle to keep up with the talking points and the agendas and what we're for and what we're against and what we're focusing on right now. I'm, I'm not good at it. I never played along, and I just don't enjoy it, so I'm not doing it anymore. But also, I'm, I'm frustrated with the whole, well, the left suck. The Democrats are the problem. Oh, the Republicans are the problem. The one thing I've found from talking to people and listening to people is both sides agree on one principle. It's not even really a principle. It's just a statement. The problem with America is the other side. They both agree with that. Republicans would say that about Democrats, and Democrats would say that about Republicans. I'm not going to defend either. I'm not going to support either. But what I have found is when I've talked to people, and even in normal, rational, private conversations, because a lot of conversations I have are private, because I found on social media, when you have a conversation um, in front of people, there's always that person who, if you're having a meaningful conversation, will jump in and make it really sarky, or be really insulting, and then a load of other people jump in, and it's just chaos. So what I try and do is I have private conversations, or private message someone, and have a private conversation with them. But here's what I've found over the longest time with Republicans, with conservatives, with Democrats, with liberals, with libertarians, is every time we talk about a person, there's only three real outcomes that can come from that conversation. So think of any person you want. It's true for Donald Trump, it's true for Barack Obama, it's true for George Bush, it's true for Ted Cruz, for Rand Paul, for John McCain. These are, the conversa- these are the outcomes you can have in a conversation. Either I love them, and therefore I will support them. That's one outcome. I hate them, and I will attack them, is the second outcome. Or the third outcome is either I don't know, or I don't care. How can we have meaningful conversations where? And this, I guarantee you, this is everyone. If you actually think about your conversations about people, they follow those trend lines. It seems today we cannot have a conversation about anyone. If you love someone, let's just take and let's just take Barack Obama. The left loved Barack Obama. Everything Barack Obama did was gold. If you talk to a Republican or a Conservative, everything Barack Obama did was wrong and needed to be attacked. You can't have a conversation that way because we're making about a person. And when you understand every person who has lived, who is living today, and who is living going forward, especially if you believe in Christianity or or Judaism, is flawed. There has yet to be a perfect person who is right 100% of the time. There is no person. As much as I've thought out on the issues, and I believe in everything I believe, I am not right 100% of the time. I try to be right as much as possible on 100% of the time, but I am not right. I am not perfect. I am deeply flawed. And I don't enjoy those conversations. So instead of telling you what I'm not going to do, here's what I'm going to tell you what I am going to do. There's going to be no politics, no red meat topics, no they suck No, America, the problem in America is the other side. What I am going to focus in on is ideas. Because one of the things that really inspired me and really gave me comfort as I was traveling your nation was, as I said to you earlier on, I spoke to a lot of different people. Different ages, different races, different religion, different backgrounds, different sexes, different uh, money backgrounds. Everyone agreed with one statement. America at its core is an idea. Some people now might have different versions of that idea. And that's okay. But what I felt when I was talking about America being an idea and a set of principles and not just a country. It was kind of like, I heard this a long time ago, but I haven't heard it in a long time. You know that look when someone tells you something that you kind of know, but you haven't heard in a while. That's what I felt a lot of people had on their face when I was talking to them about what I was talking about America being an idea. And that's what I want to do on a bigger scale. I want to talk to you about ideas not people. Because when you talk about people it doesn't get anywhere. But when we talk about ideas we can have an agreement or disagreement. But I also when you talk about ideas there's a chance you talk about principles. And I want to talk to you about eternal principles a lot more going forward. A principle is right, regardless of who does it. Principles are like the laws of physics, or like the laws of gravity, or like the laws of chemistry. It has a reaction, the same, regardless of who does it. You can't take two atoms and go, well, I'm a Republican, so if I do put these two atoms together, it's going to react this way. But hey, I'm a Democrat, so if I put those same two atoms together, in the same way, at the same time, at the same velocity... It's going to have a different outcome. It doesn't work that way. Same with the law of gravity. A Republican and a Democrat fall the same way, but yet the way we are taught today, the way media and social media acts today, it's like, well, if a Republican does something, it's good. If a Democrat does it, it's bad automatically. It doesn't work that way. Principles don't work that way. They follow eternal truths. Something is either right or it's wrong. But because I know people will take this and kind of go, well, you're going to make the other side win or like the whole situation we had last election when I didn't support anyone from the primaries through to the general, you're helping the other side win. I'm not telling you who to vote for. It's not my job. I also am not good at it. it you know, I give you the track record. If, if you had had listened to me who to vote for, your Congress and Senate would look a lot different. Let me give you some examples of the big ones that you all know. If you had listened to me back when I used to be politics, Mitch McConnell wouldn't be in the Senate anymore. Matt Bevan would have been. If you had listened to me, Cory Booker wouldn't be in the Senate. Steve Lannigan would have been. If you had listened to me, John Boehner, now obviously he's retired now, but wouldn't have been Speaker of the House when he was Speaker of the House, you would have had J.D. Winteregg in there. They're just some of the bigger races I, was in, I tried to help out on. You would have had Dr. Greg Brannon in North Carolina if you had listened to me. That is the old John. So your Senate house would have been a lot different if you had listened to me. But you didn't. And that's okay, because it's not my role anymore. You decided to, your people decided to go different directions. And that's cool. But I don't want to make this about people. I want to make this about principles. And the other thing I want to do is there's a phrase, you know, if you've listened to the show a long time, there's certain phrases that won't leave me at certain times. Well, because my talk in America was heavily based around the Declaration of Independence, which I'm going to share with you next week, some points that you might enjoy, one phrase won't leave me. It won't leave me, it keeps bugging me. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Your founding fathers, when they wrote the Declaration of Independence, said, these are so self-evident, everyone knows them, regardless of their ideology. These are what we hold self-evident. Now forget about what they said was self-evident. Life, liberty, and property, and and then they replaced it with the pursuit of happiness, and then the Bill of Rights. Forget what they said for a minute. Just generally, what truths today do we have that are self-evident? Apart from the whole... It's not, America's problem is the other side. The problem in America is the, is the Republicans. The problem in America is the Democrats. What other truth do we hold to be self-evident? Because, by the way, that's not a self-evident truth because you're both saying different sides. You can't even unite on what the problem is. It's just the other side. I.e., everyone who disagrees with me. But what truths do we true, hold to be self-evident today? Do we think life is a self-evident truth? Do we think people have the right to be happy? Do we think the people have the right to be li- to have liberty? Do you think people have a right to free speech? Do you think people have a right to um, to bear arms? Do you think people have a right to the free press? By the way, I know some people might listen to this kind of go, yeah, it's the Democrats that are wrong on this. The Republicans are equally as wrong. The Republicans are equally as wrong. Because what I have found over the last couple of years, last three years, is... Limited government is nothing more than a catchphrase for a lot of people on the right. They're not for limited government. They're for limited government their way. I've had many people say, I'm for limited government, but I'm for tariffs. I've had many people say to me, I'm for limited government, but I believe in traditional marriage and one, ma- man, one man and one woman. That's not limited government. It's limited government your way. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm saying I see it different. Limited government is an eternal truth of limited. It does very little. It just so happens, conservatives happen to think it should do little, but the little I wanted to do, I wanted it done my way. That's not how government, I believe, should work. So what truths are self-evident? This is a journey I want to take you on, and I'm hoping you will join me. But lastly, I want to be different. I want to be I want to follow who I am as a person. And I want to be counter to what everyone else says you should be in society today. I don't want to put anyone down. One of the f- most frustrating things I see is when you have a different of opinion of with someone. Pick any person who you think I might have a different opinion on. It automatically pits you against each other. And automatically makes you want to win. I don't want to pit anyone against each other. I don't want to put anyone down. This idea that you see the world different to me. Okay, that's cool. Let's have a conversation. If we can't have a conversation, that's cool. We'll move on. Wipe the dust from your feet and move on to the next place. But this idea that we have to put everyone down is something I don't want to do. It's not who I am. I want to try and have conversations. I want to lift people up. This idea that we revel in people's failure, I don't understand it. Surely the idea should be to help them see the light if you truly believe they're wrong. These are some of the things we're going to be discussing going forward. And I'm so excited and looking forward to future shows. And I hope you will join me on this journey and share this message with your friends and your family. Because there's three words that are going to be key to every show I do. Because here's one of my promises that I'm going to make you. I'm not going to waste your time. Your time is valuable. And an hour a week might not seem like a lot for this show, but it is a lot for you. You all have lives, you have other shows you listen to, you have entertainment, you have movies, you have sports. I know how valuable your time is. So I'm not going to waste your time bringing you stories that you've heard 10,000 times over. I'm not going to bring you issues that, you know, I don't add anything to per se. But what I am going to try and do is three words. Empower, encourage, inspire. Everything I do from now on is going to try and fit into those three words. I want to empower you. To say, you can change the world. You can do it. Empower you in whichever way you see fit. But I also want to empower you with truth. And try and give you the facts so that you have some basis of knowledge. But then I also want to encourage you to question everyone. Yes, question me. Yes, question Glenn Beck. Yes, question Mark Levin. Yes, question the media. Yes, question everyone on social media. Question everyone. And question them boldly. I want to encourage you to do that, but I also want to inspire you because so many people will tell you it's over. So many people have an agenda right now to say it's over. Just give up this battle. The battle, the last battle may be over and we might've lost it, but the war is just starting. This war is a long war. In some many ways, which I'll talk to you about next week, it's over 5,000 years old, this war. It's not close to ending. The war for freedom, for eternal principles, for eternal truths, is a long, long war. And it isn't close to ending. So those that tell you it's over are wrong. Because it is an eternal battle. Not an earthly battle. But more on that next week. So they're the three words I want to focus in on and try and make you feel each and every week. Empower, encourage, inspire. That is my job. That is my duty. That is my responsibility. And one I take very, very seriously. So I hope you'll consider joining me on this journey. I'm super excited for it. And I'm hoping to engage with you. But I'd also ask for your feedback. Every Each and every week, on each show. But if you see where what I should be talking about, if you feel I should be talking differently, this is your show as much as it is mine. If you have any feedback, please get in touch. You can get in touch through my website, freedomsdisciple.com. You can get in touch with my Twitter, at Freedom Disciple. You can get in touch with me at Facebook. If you look up Jonathan Dunn, you'll see a big picture of me. You can't miss me. Or the logo, Freedom's Disciple. Get in touch with me. Uh, any way you see fit, I'm here this is your show as much as it is mine, and together, together, we will make America exceptional again. Because you are an exceptional nation. Why? Because you're the only nation that has an idea named after it. You're the only nation that is an idea at its very core. You're not just a piece of land. You're not just the people. You're not just the military. You're not just the currency. You are an idea. And it's an idea that I am still so passionate about. And it's an idea that I believe needs to be reintroduced about America and the world again. Because tyranny really is on the march. And tyranny can only be defeated not with less tyranny, but with freedom, with individual liberty, with individual sovereignty, and with individual rights, not from government, but from God. I look forward to joining you on this journey. Until next week. Every show will be released at Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. It's available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and also now Stitcher. But we also finish this show the way we finish it each and every week in America, by saluting those heroes in society, and especially when they're not getting the respect they deserve, especially today. Your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets, those who stand for real freedom, who sacrifice it all 24-7, so that each and every one of you can be free. And also, if you've listened to Nothing I Say for the last hour plus, remember this. America is great because Americans are good. I share that sentiment from the Tocqueville. I witnessed it recently. I can reaffirm it. It is still, still true. America is great because Americans are good. Have a wonderful and safe week, America, and I shall see you next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. God bless.
0: This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.